subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt Garrett and a special guest is with us today. So we're going to have some fun with everybody and uh, we're going to uh, bring a system to everybody that some people run from it like it's a grenade and this person runs and jumps on that grenade and takes it for everybody and loves it. So we're going to have some fun with that. Normal start off, as we always talk about, if you want to come join the community, go to Facebook. You can join the Ninja Selling podcast group on there where we've got about 9,400 people in that group right now. Amazing engagement. So if you want to go hang around a lot of like-minded people, share your stories, grow, help others grow, this is your place to do it. If you want to learn more about upcoming installations, mastery classes, and coaching, go to ninjaselling.com. You can find us there and learn everything you need to know. And without further ado, highly requested. We've had emails. We've had people reach out on the group. We have Randall O'Dowd with us today. Randall is from Palm Springs. He's with Desert Sotheby's. I have known Randall since... December of 2012 is when I started coaching Randall in his business. We have shared many, many stories of real estate and uh, different mindset patterns and growth patterns. And it's been an amazing relationship. So Randall, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Good morning, my friend, and welcome. Hey, great guys. I really appreciate you guys having me on. This is a great topic. This is going to be fun today because... What people have been saying is, will you please have this person on you talk about about open houses and strategies around open houses and why open houses? And uh, I was finally, I got a hold of Randall and I was like, okay, we need to have you on the podcast. The general population is yelling at us. So again, excited to do this today. You know, Randall, just a real short story. I mean, we got connected out of... um, was it, it wasn't even an installation. I think it was a retreat back in 2012. This is before installations existed. Is that correct? Yeah, that was great meeting in person the first time. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, you've had incredible growth with your business. You have embraced Ninja at a very, very high level. Your business is pretty much, I mean, 100% based around the Ninja systems as far as I've been able to watch over the years. Right, yeah. It's the only thing I really study for uh, process. It's powerful. So what got you into Ninja when this first started? Like what made Ninja come into your world? How did that happen? Well, I'd been doing a little bit of other coaching and it just really didn't relate to me. It was not my thing. I don't really think that we are salespeople, right? I think we're trusted advisors. So anything that smacks of selling or any kind of generic approach to dealing with people was not resonating with me. And when I found Ninja, it was all about working with people that know you, like you, and trust you, building relationships, being authentic to yourself, and you know, not being a salesperson. So I really respected that. And it's also a way of living when you get into, you know, affirmations. It's kind of I've kind of built my whole life around basically having a white blank piece of paper and writing down what I want my life to be like, meditate on that and just do only the things that are on the white piece of paper and nothing else. And I kind of got that from the ninja philosophy. You have been, uh, uh, what is the right word? A manifester. I, when I look at like people that go like, can we really manifest stuff? And I'm like, Randall is a prime example of somebody that manifests destiny, like really just throws things out there and is like, this is what we're going to be doing. And sure enough, like doesn't take very long. And you're all of a sudden going like, yep, 
you know, this just came into our life. And I'm like, of course it did, Randall, because that's how you work your world. Let's jump into this open house world here for a second, because back in 2012, when I first met you, when we were implementing all the systems, one of the things that you were very clear on was like, I do open houses, like I'm really good at open houses. And it wasn't necessarily a system that Ninja's like, oh, this is one of our core systems that we teach. And you were like, I'm not letting go of this. Like, this is not even up for discussion. Like, I'm so good at them. And I had that little voice in my head. Like when someone says I'm really good at expired listings, I'm like, yeah, we'll do them for the, t- the time being. And then I'll show you a better way that you'll probably you know embrace. I was never able to do that with open houses with you. And not only was I not able to do it, like you completely changed my mindset on open houses and results you can get from most, not just results, consistent results from open houses. So first off, what is your mindset around open houses? Like, because you look at these in a very different way than everybody else. Right. And, you know, with everything in life, it starts with mindset. Kind of my personal mantra for myself is I live in the world I create. So it's my thoughts that make my my reality. So on open house morning, I have breakfast with my wife and I say, I'm so excited. Today, I'm going to get three or four new clients. You know, I have the affirmation and the expectation that things are going to go well. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to engage with people and I'm going to come away with new business. So that's really what I think is broken in a lot of people's approach. They say, they say, I have to do open houses. You know, it's a hole in my Sunday. And I'm like, look, this is a specific day of the week when for three or four hours, ready, willing, and able sellers and buyers are coming to talk to me about real estate, right? Like when else does that happen? I'd do that every day if I could. I'm the expert. They're coming to talk to me and it's my chance to differentiate myself and to capture them. But the flip side of that is they're also seeing three or four other real estate agents because they're going to other homes. So how you interact with them, how you show up, how you prepare, for those few minutes, it's really almost like a sporting event, right? Like in a soccer game, you've got the ball, but you've only got it for a few seconds to shoot. And are you going to shoot and score or not? So when these people come in the door, we spend so much time trying to get business and meet people and do our 50 live contacts. But here we've got people that are coming to us with open minds about real estate and how we handle that is really important and precious because you can succeed or fail in that. Well, Randall, and what you said that I love is like, we not only have these like three or four minutes with them, but then they're going to leave and they're going to go talk to other realtors. They're going to go to other open houses. And that's like this way that you, I always used to laugh. It's like show up so bright that every time they bump into somebody else, they're like, oh, like this doesn't match this other energy that I got over here at that other house. And like all of a sudden you get a chance to like really shine. Uh, and stand out in people's minds where they're like, you know, that that realtor was different. He was different than any other realtor we've ever come across. And I feel every time we've talked about open houses, that is a piece that you look at as like, this is my opportunity to be unlike any other realtor that they're going to meet. Always love that about you. Yeah. And it's really interesting. I've noticed a trend. I think it started a little bit before COVID where people stopped doing print. Like people are not doing brochures. I'm so disappointed when I go to open houses and I kind of, I do a lot of shopping of open houses. Like my wife and I 
will go to open houses together on Sunday. And I don't, I never say that I'm a, a real estate broker because I'm kind of shopping it and seeing how does this agent handle the open house? And in fact, my wife's really tired of me saying, when we get out of the car, let's see if this agent asks for the business or not. You know, I'd say it every time. Let's see if this agent is trying to get me as a client or not. I really think it's one to two out of 10 of people that do open houses, right? Well, a lot of them are just opening doors. Yeah. And watching the football game. Well, and it starts with that mindset that you said, Randall, I think, which is so important is, is, you know, a lot of people will look at open houses, as you said, I have to, and oh, we're doing it for the seller. And yeah, of course you are. You're doing it to showcase the home, but it's also the seller is gifting you this opportunity to use their property as a storefront to showcase your talents and expertise, which I think is incredible because not only do those people come through the door also might be seeing three or four other agents that day, they also have several agents in their mind and maybe have already talked to some agents that they're thinking about using for their purchase or, or maybe they're a neighbor for their listing. And all of a sudden, here's Randall with, wow, hey, this is giving us a whole different perspective on where we want to go. We may want to change what we're thinking. So the advantage of them seeing other agents is almost an opportunity as well, because if we do shine well, then we're going to look really good compared to other agents, the 90% that don't ask for the business, that don't showcase all the goods. I love hearing that too. So, you know, there's so many elements to this, uh, Randall. I wonder if it would um, make sense to start with, like, how do you set this stuff up? Like, what's the first part of making sure an open house is a success? Right. Well, the great thing about open houses is that you get to put signs up all over town with your name and phone number on it, right? Like, when else do you get to do that? If you're doing open houses and you're doing that every weekend and your competitors aren't, hey, that shows up. That's cumulative. So about 10 years ago, I maybe not 10 because I would have been right when I started with Garrett, but uh, maybe like five years ago, I got an extra 10 A boards and I put up 10 to 12 A boards. You know, I think people put up maybe four or five and help people get to the house. But I started thinking about impressions and um Signage is one component of a marketing strategy that people don't think about. So I think about high traffic approaches to the property. So where's the arterial and how can I get signs on the arterial? Well, I'll have the most exposure. It does two things. It gets more people to the open house, but it also gets eyeballs on your name. So since I started doing this 10 to 12 A boards and putting them surrounding the property, my sphere has really noticed that. Wow, I see your name every weekend. You're really killing it. I'm getting thousands of impressions. Oh, there's that Randall guy again. You know, he's really does a lot of work. And the best thing is, you know, sometimes you do an open house at a property that's not popular. And some people get really depressed and think, oh, that sure was a waste of Sunday. I only had one group that came through. It's like, wrong. You got 2,000 impressions of your name. So maybe you didn't pick up any clients, but you're building your brand. And going down this line of building your brand, one thing that you have done, what you do in Palm Springs is you are, you play pickleball, you play golf, you play tennis, like you are very social in the community and you're meeting people all the time. Like you are always adding new people into your database, new people into your sphere of influence. 
And we always joke with Ninja where it's like, well, when do I get to tell them that I'm in real estate? Like, when do I get to tell them I'm a real realtor? And you're building these incredible relationships on the pickleball court. And they're going, man, Randall is so much fun to play pickleball with. And he's so much fun. We got to have lunch with them later. And then they're driving around that weekend and they're like, hey, that's Randall's sign. Like he's in real estate. And all of a sudden they're following this little breadcrumbs to you, you know, around Palm Springs. Like it really is kind of a, of a master plan of how you tie all this stuff together, not only to meet new people, but also to get your sphere of influence to go like, oh, that's right. Randall, real estate. Like it really is kind of a neat thing how that all kind of plays together. I have a question about your signs real quick, because you said you got 10 of them you put up. Are they just your name, Randall? Is it just the Sotheby's logo with Randall? Is there a picture of you, your smiling face on it with a thumbs up? Like, what do you got? It's a Sotheby's brand specific sign, but it's all cumulative. You know, we're in this for the long haul and we're sowing seeds and we're building this brand. The thing that's important, I also think about to get back to print, which I mentioned earlier, was like I always do a six panel full color brochure of every property that I list. And that's what these visitors, I call visitors because it's buyers and sellers, take away from the property that day. And people are just not doing print. I just see a lot of MLS color printed one sheet. And I think that's a disservice. It's disrespecting the property in my mind. I mean, I, I really feel that. If that property doesn't deserve a print brochure, like, of course it does. So I'm also thinking about sellers because who's shopping an open house? They're basically three groups, right? They're ready, willing, and able buyers who are going to buy today or within the next few weeks. The second group are sellers who are looking in the neighborhood who want to understand values and what things are selling for. And these guys are even more important because I certainly would rather have sellers than buyers. And the third group are neighbors, people like interior design, people who don't have anything else to do or tourists. You know, we get a lot of that here. But, you know, all three of those groups are important. And what happens also is remember that the sellers, the person that lives down the block, who's going to list in the next 30 days, who doesn't have an agent, they're watching you. How does this guy present my property? Oh, look, he's in a suit. You know, I'm a suit guy. I show up as a trusted advisor. I don't come in shorts. I mean, it's 5 a.m. I'm wearing a suit right now. You know, it might be a suit from 1968. It's awesome, though. It's spectacular. You know, it's a, again, it's a job interview and I want to show up and represent that property. I've got the full color brochure. I'm engaging everybody who comes in and out. I'm answering questions. I'm engaging. And those sellers are watching that. Randall, what you said here is so important is, is that every person that goes into an open house, they're like, oh, yep, I'm holding this open so buyers can come and see it. We're going to see if we can find a buyer for this property. They're maybe get frustrated because like, oh, every buyer that I talked to today had an agent. You know, oh, it was just all the neighbors coming through. Like it wasn't anything specific there. And you're looking at that as like, no, it was all the neighbors coming through. And that's exactly who I want to be talking to. And so many miss out on this seller opportunity. You're just collecting listings. Exactly. And in fact, so the goal of my open house is to come away with not leads, but meetings. So with buyers, I'll just run through a quick thing about a buyer coming in. Buyer comes in the door. I greet them. Welcome. Thank you for coming. That's a ninja thing, right? Greet and thank. The three-step intro. There you go. 
And here, would you like a brochure? Here's a full color brochure. I hand it to them. That's kind of a gift. And then do I follow them around the house and say, this is the kitchen? No, I don't do that. Oh, another thing that bugs me about open houses, I don't know if this is controversial or not. I would never have a sign-in sheet. I would never have a login book for visitors because that means I'm having them perform. I'm there to perform for them. So not controversial, but everybody out there who does open houses, who's sitting around going like, how do I get them to sign my login sheet? How do we get them to fill this out? What do I have to do to get them before they walk out the door to give me all their information? And here we have a master of open houses with really high success rate going, yeah, I don't make them do that. Well, it's the perspective difference. You said you're not looking to walk away with leads. And everybody else wants to walk away from the open house with a list of names that they can start putting stuff in their mailbox and their inbox and basically spamming them. And what's the advantage of that? Now you just get to go on a wild goose chase versus your method of producing meetings, producing relationships, which is going to lead to productive communication after the open house. And Randall, you said it's not their time to perform. And I want to really emphasize that. Like you understand this is my time to show up. This is my time to present an opportunity for them that they want to, They want more of me. They want more of my expertise. They want more of my passion when it comes to real estate, not how can I chase them around seeing if I can get their business, which is where your mindset needs to be. Again, why you're so good at open houses. So then let me continue with this relationship. So they go and, well, I also do say, you know, check out the casita by the pool. It has a great, amazing outdoor kitchen. And I do sell the property in that way that I, I show the, the benefits of it, things they might miss. So I do engage them and don't just hand them a brochure and say, leave. But no one leaves the open house without being addressed, without being questioned. Basically, my go-to question in open houses is, how's your home search going? It's very open. One of the first things I want to do is see if they're represented. If they're represented, hands off. I'm not going to spend energy on them. I'm going to go talk to somebody else. They say, well, it's really tough out there. And I, then my follow-up question is, have you written any offers? Because they definitely have a relationship with a broker. They've Somebody's written offers for them. And then if they say yes, I say, you know, how many? And some people say five or six, you know, really five or six offers. And it's like, hey, how's that agent working for you? I don't say that, but that's what I'm thinking in my mind, you know, uh, you know, but those people are off limits. But other people that say, we're just starting, we're just about to, you know, those are the people to really engage. So my trick here is I carry a little notebook, a little pad of paper in my hand. And I say, what neighborhoods are you looking? And as they answer, I open my notebook and I start writing notes for these people. Oh, you're looking in Palm Desert and you're looking at Ironwood Country Club. Okay, cool. Have you seen any homes there? Yeah, too. And then I'm so I'm writing this down, right? So I'm like working for them. I start working for them. And legally, I think that's kind of like an agency relationship. If I start working with them, I mean, not that we have a formal relationship, but it's assuming they need help and I'm the helper. And so I go and I use the Socratic method, which is just tell me more about that. That's a very ninja. You can hear Larry Kindle saying that. Keep them engaged. And I've just picked up so many buyers that way because they're they're like, this person's asking questions and not telling. 
And then I say, oh, I've got so many great ideas. Why don't we get together and go over, you know, the strategies of how to win in this market and really buy something? You know, I always say there are shoppers and there are people that are closing and I know how to get you the house that you want most. So is Tuesday evening or Wednesday evening better? So you go straight to asking the question in a um, suggestive way of saying, let's do this versus would you like to get together, right? You're just saying, hey, let's get together and talk about this. You're already engaged to the point where you're going back and forth. It's like, it's kind of like if you're texting somebody and you just pick up the phone and call because you're already that deep in the conversation, you might as well pick up the phone. It sounds like it's kind of that same level of comfort at that point. Well, you also said this earlier about asking for the business, Randall. And what you did is you provided value, you provided interest in them, you're engaging them. And then all of a sudden, you're in listening to them and kind of bringing that back saying, here's what I heard from you. And here's how I can help you have a strategy. Like, I have a strategy on how to like win in these homes. Like, at that point, it's very easy for someone to say like, well, yeah, we'd love to sit down with you instead of somebody who brings no value and is just trying to like grab them before they get out the door going like, ah, missed that one. Okay, like, let's try another one here. Like, there's two more people in the house. You're literally making an easy way for them to be like, let's get together. Right. Amazing. And then the other thing is if I feel like somebody is a seller because they say things like, our kitchen has four bar stools. So these people are comparing properties. So those people really need to be engaged. And I say, oh, do you live in the neighborhood? Yeah. Oh, what street do you live on? Oh, I love that. You know, that's a great place. And are you thinking about maybe selling this year? You know, something like a long-term thing. You're just kind of getting some planning together. Well, tell me about the house and where would you go if you sold? And wow, I'd really love to see that house. Any chance I could come over after the open house? I'm done here at four, five. Could I just swing by and just see it? This sounds really nice. So this goes back to mindset. Like I tell my wife, you know, the, the open starts at 11 o'clock. Don't expect me home until 7 p.m. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's like, I'm not scheduling something important right after the open because my mindset is I'm going to meet with sellers afterwards. So you've said this to me and we were talking, we were getting ready for the podcast. You were saying, you know, my goal coming out of an open house is setting appointments with people. And anybody who's listened to this that, that has heard Ninja talk about pie time, P-I and E time, it's interesting. Open houses qualify under both. They qualify under I time, which is prospecting and E time, which is non-productive time. And people always get confused about that. And they go like, well, why is it? Why does it go under both of these? Because you can go sit in an open house and hang out and talk with people, as Randall, you said, watch the football game while people are going through the house, hoping somebody might buy it. Or you can set appointments. And we always say is that the only way to count an open house as I time is to walk out of there with appointments to meet with people. It was so great to hear you say that because that is the mindset that I always want people to be at with open houses is setting appointments. And I love... You tell Tracy, Tracy is Randall's lovely wife, that you won't be home till seven because that's a different mindset right there about the entire process of what you're getting yourself into that day. Yeah, it's affirmations and it's manifesting business. So Randall, is there anything else that you have for guests, visitors when they come in? You have the color brochure. Do you keep buyer packets and pre-listing packets at the ready as well if the conversation... Like if you're in the conversation with somebody who's a potential buyer and, and 
you're saying, hey, why don't we get together and talk about this? And they continue to ask you questions. Do you then hand them a buyer packet at that point or do you wait to the appointment with them to engage in something like that? Well, I do something unique that I've never seen anybody else do. So I'm super faithful with direct mail. I do a lot of postcard mailings and I do just listed and just sold postcards. And whenever I do just sold postcard, I always get extra copies made that I keep. And when I go to an open house, the first thing I do is I clear the dining room table of everything and I set out 30 just sold postcards. And the design that I have come up with has the neighborhood really prominently. It's big type on the, the front of the postcard. So I just leave them there. I never really point people to it, but everybody eventually goes to the dining room and they walk around and they, they're looking at that and it has my picture on it. And they say, what's this? And I say, well, oh, those are my recent solds. I say, oh, are you looking at any other neighborhoods in town? Oh yeah, we're looking here and there. And so I go to the stack and I pull postcards from those areas and hand them to them and say, well, you might like these as data points of you know, what these sold for, what these houses were about. And they just say, wow, you're really busy. But it's another thing for them to take away. So they've got my color brochure. They've got four postcards. It's an endorsement by all those sellers that they've chosen me to represent their home and I've gotten the home sold. But it's also a way to stand there over the dining room table and have a conversation. And they're asking me, again, it matters who says it. So you're not just showing them these, you're giving them these postcards to take with them as like tangible things that now they have in, with them. Oh, yeah. It's a stack of 20 each and I hand them out. I'm sensing clues here. And so they're getting the evidence of results, really, is what they're walking out of there is, oh, here is the proof that Brandel performs. Now, if you don't have a meeting set up with someone, if, if it doesn't go that far, are there other things that you're doing to whether it's, hey, let me keep in touch with you. Let me send you some information. Are there other questions that you use to gather contact info or do you rely on them if there's no appointment set to, to use this? I mean, the great handouts that you're giving them to then reach out to you. How do you handle that? I have a, a mantra, custom, custom, custom. So I don't do any generic anything ever. I have a I think it's seven page PDF. I call it my open house multi-page follow-up. So when I get somebody's email address, I drop a picture of the house that we met in on the cover of this thing. And the second page is a letter that I write to them. How great it was to meet you. Here's some details about what they were looking for because I, I took notes. It's very specific. And I say, here's some really good information about what it takes to be successful as a buyer right now. And I'd love to sit down with you guys for a meeting. But in the meantime, here is this PDF. And then I also attach a couple of video client testimonials because I get video client testimonials from all my buyers and sellers. And that's really been a powerful follow-up. So in my perfect week, Monday morning, there's a time for this open house follow-up letter writing thing. And are you gathering the email address just through conversation? I mean, because we're not doing sign-up sheets, of course. And so you say, hey, I'd love to send you a gift or send you a follow-up after this open house. Can I have your email address? And then you just write it there in your notebook, I assume. And I don't want email addresses 
of people who don't want to work with me. I don't have time for that. And that's not the ninja way. This way you get to choose who you want. Because if, if you have somebody who's like, yeah, we've written you know, three offers, we're working with John, you know, it's, it's a tough process, but we're getting through it. It's just like, okay, great, wonderful, good luck. Draw a line and start the notes again for the next person, I assume. Right. Well, and when you've built rapport with these people, like, again, going back to showing care and concern for their needs, like you asking for an email address to send them more value from somebody that's just presented all this value here. They've seen your expertise in the marketplace. They've got all the stuff they're taking away. You're very non-threatening, Randall. Like, There's no time I've ever watched you or heard you talk about a client where it's like, you're the lion on the hunt and they're the prey. You are all about like these people have some place they're at right now, some place they got to go to. And I want to help them through this process here. And and it comes out, which makes you very non-threatening. And it's like, sure, I'll give you my email address. Sure, I'll give you my phone number. Like, I'm not worried about that. Where there are some people, and we all know who we're talking about, that it's like, there's no way I'm giving you my email address. And it's because they're on the hunt. But talking about custom again. So... For me, I am my brand. And I think it's a respect thing to take some corporate thing that your brokerage has provided you and sending that out without doing anything custom, I think is a disservice and it doesn't show a personal commitment to the client. So I don't do any of that stuff. Everything you always do is so as you said, you are the brand. And just to share a quick thing about Randall here is just funny. Is So I've coached Randall for a long time. And my funny joke that I always have is Randall will be like, I'm going to do this open house and I'm creating this new piece for it. And I'm always like, well, there goes Randall Systems for the next couple of days because Randall like dives into like, I'm going to make this custom, awesome brochure. Earlier on, I was always like, oh, here we go again. All of a sudden, 50 people goes out the window, notes are gone. You know, lunches are gone because I just lost Randall three days to building this brochure. And then you bring me this brochure and I'm like, it was worth it. Like it was worth you spending all that time because you create the coolest stuff. That is your customized brand. Now, to be fair, Randall, that's also part of your background, right? In branding and graphic design. I am a graphic designer. There is an advantage there, but somebody could still execute a similar level of what you're doing by coming up with the concepts and handing it to a graphic designer to do that stuff. I don't even think it takes that. I think you can take the corporate thing that's given to you by marketing department, but add a page on the front and make a custom letter, write a letter. Dude, just write a nice note, put a video, do like a bomb bomb email where there's a video saying, hey, it was so great to meet you. How cool would that be? You know, at the end of the open house, if you don't have a seller appointment, stand in front of the house with the house in the background. John, it was so pleasure meeting you today. Really looking forward to the opportunity for us to sit down and speak about X, Y, and Z. Check out the attachment that has all this stuff in it. I mean, how long does that take to do? Not long at all. These are those little things. I mean, I'm sure some people are like, whoa, 11 to 7, that's heavy. But that's because of the expectation of what you're looking to get out of it. But all these little things together don't necessarily take a whole lot of time to the, the customization pieces anyway, I guess, right? It doesn't take extra time to ask somebody a question or write a personalized email to them. 11 to 7, though. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. That's a work day. Yeah. And what did you come away with? So you're going to work. Randall, you're going to work to do your job, to show up as a professional. Like, yeah, 11 to 7 is a long time, but it's a work day. But you came back with a listing. You came back with $60,000. 
That's a good hourly wage, man. So Randall, I don't want to get away if we have more stuff to share about this process of when the open house is going, because I also want to go back to how you prep your clients when you're doing an open house, because I know some people look at an open house and they say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to not promise open houses. You have a different way that you talk to your clients about the opportunities of an open house and why you're going to do that. Do you mind if we jump back to that real quick? No, that's great. The other thing I started doing, which I don't know if anybody else is thinking about doing this, but I always launch on Thursdays. I launch listings. I do a Thursday night neighbor open house, nosy neighbor open house. So I hand drop flyers to the neighborhood and it has a picture on it of a woman with binoculars. And it's just like, it says nosy neighbor on it. I mean, it's just kind of tongue in cheek. And I try to get the neighbors there before the weekend open house. This is a strategy that I've been doing a long time. So what I want is the neighbors to come over on Thursday night, brand new listing. I want them to stand in the living room. They haven't seen each other, especially with COVID and everything. And then they have these conversations about how annoying the dog across the street is and how it barks all the time. And I wish that kid would stop playing drums. So these are the same people that don't have this conversation, negative conversations about the neighborhood during my open house on Saturday and Sunday. You get them out of the way. You're like, just like, okay, we need to get all those conversations done. Yeah, I get them out of the way because there is the neighbor who will not leave the open house, right? And lots of times they are complaining that the, you know, the gas station is going to be built next year at the such and such a place or whatever. So that's kind of something different I do. But one thing about open houses, and you were talking about the payoff, I just wanted to tell this quick story that I used to represent a builder and help them locate flips. And then I helped them design the flip and then I would sell it. And this one time, the builder really wanted to overprice this listing. And I was just arguing with him and saying, you know, that's not what it's worth. And he said, well, that's what I put into it. And I want to, I want to have it at that, at that price point. So I said, great. It was really beautiful, great location. So I started doing three day open houses at that place. I did Friday. I like Friday five to seven. Okay. People, especially with kids busy on the weekends, people will go to five to seven on Friday night on the way home from work to see the open house. It's a really good trick. And then I would do Saturday and Sunday. I got nine transactions out of that property by holding that open every week for four weeks. In 45 days, I closed nine transactions from that one house. It was like $10 million of business. Wow. I mean, that's your storefront. Totally right. I've actually had a similar experience with a nearly impossible to sell house, holding it open because it looked nice and picked up several transactions for that. And that's what happens. You get introduced, you run the process, amazing things happen. Now, a, a question on the logistics of kind of that stuff, because you talked about the signboards and all the things that you put out. Do you have help with setting up and taking down? Do you do that yourself? Do you leave things up for the entire weekend? Because I mean, putting up the sandwich board or the A board five minutes before the open house, I'm guessing it's happening a little bit before that kind of stuff goes down, right? Is that P time or I time? I'm not sure. No, I do it myself. I'm not a team. I'm a lone wolf out here trying to scratch out a living. You know, I have to drive an SUV. Yeah, to fit all those signs in there for sure, right? <laughs> or a convertible. You could just stack them in the back seat of a convertible. That would work. I don't see it as a burden. I mean, I'm just weird. I'm so into this, right? But even while I'm setting my A boards out, you know, like 
I'm in a suit. Like I'm setting out a boards in a suit. Somebody driving by is like, oh, that's who Randall O'Dowd is. He's that guy in the suit. He's going to an open. Maybe we should go. You know, I just see it as part of the overall strategy of being a real estate broker. It's not a burden. So has that happened then first thing in the morning, you know, or at the 11 a.m., that's when you start setting out the signs? It takes half an hour at least. Yeah. But then you set them out. So if you're doing a, a Saturday, Sunday, you just leave them out there then too, right? Over the weekend. No, I don't. You take them down and put them back up. I take them down. Yeah. That's not how I roll. I don't think that's right to have them there at 7 p.m. Well, plus kids use them as skateboard ramps. That's what happens at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. I got to say one thing that is outrageously consistent with everything that you're describing, Randall, which is what I also want people to take away with is the professionalism that goes into every aspect of how you host an open house from how you set the signs, when you set the signs. That's part of the reason why I asked that question to the collateral that's there at the house, to how you engage with people, to your process and thinking, what questions do I need to ask to qualify the people that are here? Because also the same side of you don't want to waste your time on someone, someone who already has a trusted advisor probably doesn't want to waste their time talking to somebody else when they're like, hey, I got other houses I got to go see too, right? So the amount of professionalism that goes into every aspect of this and I'm not telling everybody that they have to wear a suit or anything like that. I tend to like the suit thing, but it's owning that whatever element it is and being fully professional about all the things so that the experience is consistent. Like the last thing you want somebody to do is they come to have somebody set up signs. They come in expecting this awesome open house and they walk in and there's, you know, a guy sitting on the couch saying, yeah, got stuff on the counter for you. Right. They're like, man, like the letdown, right. Or the other direction, the surprise. Well, then you wonder why people hate open houses. You look at like, well, how have you approached them in the past? What kind of results have you received out of them? Well, of course you don't like them. Like it makes total sense. And Randall, you talk about your suit every time you mention this. I remember so clearly years back. So we have our weekly meeting agenda that everybody that coaches turns in to us so that we can see what they're up to. It helps us kind of guide them and really helps them be a professional in their business. And Randall added onto it the days that I wore a suit with check boxes to make sure that he was wearing a suit every single day and consistently showing up as a professional. Those empty spaces in the Ninja Planner, you know, where you have the blanks where you can add in like your daily activity, wear a suit, you just put it on there. Every day, had a ch- the boxes would always be checked off. I was like, of course, they're always checked off. And I'm not saying everybody should do that, but everybody should be authentic to their own brand. And that's authentic to my brand. Well, that's the whole thing, right? And whatever that is, I mean, I do think there is a standard of let's shower, (laughs) let's wear clean clothes. There's probably got to be those elements in there. But yeah, a hundred percent, you know, a lot of people like to do the polo with their corporate logo on there. You know, whatever your thing is, make sure that that is that and that it is consistent and professional. Let me go back and Randall, if you don't have a system around this, it's totally okay. But when it comes down to the client that you're going to be, like you have a listing, you're going to be doing an open house for them. You're at the, either the listing presentation or you're letting them know, hey, we're going to do an open house this weekend. What energy do you give the seller about your excitement about also doing this open house and what this could possibly mean for them? Because I think that's a big piece of this expectation and energy and how you approach all of this. Do you have any takeaways or tools or techniques that you have around that? Yeah. So you know, I tell the seller, the way we're going to get the highest and best price for this is to have the most qualified buyers through here. And we really want buyers with agents. That's who, you know, will purchase the home. 
So by doing an open house, we can get a lot of people excited about the house and get more people in because a lot of things look good online, but this house is really delivers on the promise, right? Of the listing. So let's get them in here. And what they'll do is they'll get super excited. They'll call their agent and they'll come back the next day or later that day. And those people will write. And the other thing is I always tell everyone who comes through the open house, Hey, I have an inspection for this house. I always pre-inspect all my listings and I provide the inspection to the agents, not to buyers. So what I do is I say, your agent can call and request the inspection. So that way I'm tracking who's got an interested buyer and I can follow up with that agent and overcome obstacles and objections. I tell my seller, that's how we're going to get the household by getting most qualified buyers in here. So while most people go into a listing appointment going, how do I talk myself out of hosting open houses? You're going into it saying, we're going to do an open house and this is why. And then I think it helps the entire process of launching a listing, make it so much easier even on you because the expectations are clear. I mean, how many times have people put a listing on and then they're like, oh, all this extra work and the, the seller is asking me these questions because they're not setting a process and expectations in there. And what a great way to do it with this. I think it's, it's home run. One thing we talk about in Ninjas is, is opportunities to provide fabled service. And Randall's, I'm listening to this entire time that we're spending with each other here. There's been numerous times that I've listened to you and said to myself, this is an opportunity for fabled service. This is a place where people can walk away saying, you're not going to believe what my agent did or how my agent is representing our property. And if I was a seller and I had you representing me and you're telling me about, okay, this is a strategy about how we're going to do open houses. When potentially they just met with another agent that's like, yeah, open houses are junk. We're not going to do those. Or like, that's not a strategy that I have. We're going to do different things. You've just presented me with a whole piece of like, this guy is here to represent us. This guy is here to do everything he can to showcase our house, bring in the best qualified people. He's got reasons about why he's going to do this. Like He understands the validation of what this really means. So again, in fabled service is everybody's looking at their business and says, how can I provide fabled service? This is an opportunity to show up that's going to make people talk and say, my realtor is different than anybody I've ever worked with before in my past. And then you create long-term lasting clients. We've seen you do year after year. Is there anything we've missed? I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here, Randall. You have shared so many great things with us. Uh, just be excited. Be excited about it. Go with a smile. You know, if your energy is down, yeah, I'm sorry, but you're not getting the appointment. It's so fun. It's so fun to talk to people about real estate, right? I mean, have a have a blast. Like Sunday is the best day of the week, right? Well, and how do I talk about real estate? They're coming to you about real estate. Like the game's on. Like, let's talk. It's on the table. You know, you think about the 50 live interviews and we say, you know, rule number one, don't talk about real estate unless they bring it up or maybe the situation does. Well, this puts you in the situation. It's on the table. There's every reason in the world to talk about real estate because you're in a house listed for sale. They're thinking about doing something. They're curious. They're interested. And I love that. Just get excited. And, and there's so many people that that's a great tip for any, um, I don't know which day of the week this, this episode is going to go live, but for those of you who have upcoming open houses, whether you're prepared to the level that Randall is or not, get excited about it. That's the best place to start because I would, I would imagine, and I'm curious where this falls in terms of the percentage of 
contribution to success here, Randall, but that mindset, that excitement has got to be a great portion of why your open houses are successful. All the other stuff is great, but your mindset and energy has got to take the cake. What would you say is the percentage of uh, contribution to success there for that? Uh, huge. It's probably over 50% of my business can be traced to that. There you go. Energy and excitement. I love it. Well, Randall, I want to say thanks to you. You've been a huge part of my world. Again, we've known each other for a long time. Randall and I, for a long time, met every single week to talk about his business and work on his business. And currently right now, we meet every two weeks to you know talk and work on your business. And I have been through some amazing journeys with you and travels and experiments that you've done with your business. And this has been a consistent for you when it comes to open houses. Thank you for sharing your knowledge, your expertise. There's so many people out there that are going to gain value from everything you've shared with uh, with us today. And uh, man, you're you're great. I appreciate you. You're a good friend also. So thank you. Well, thanks so much. And Ninja is really has changed my life and our, my whole family's life. So I really appreciate that. Cool. Randall, I'm going to echo what Garrett said. I really appreciate you sharing this strategy with everyone. I mean, hopefully everybody, you know, you listen to this again, if you didn't get all the notes done, a simple professional system to help you own these open houses in a way that can create wonderful success for your business and for the people coming in too. I always think about everybody who goes into an open house, how do we help that person succeed? And what you laid out, Randall, is is definitely the path to success for those buyers and sellers. So appreciate you joining us and sharing that. Great. Well, I really appreciate being on. Thanks so much. And thank you to everybody who's listening. I do have to add in really quick here. It's been really frustrating me with this whole time, Randall, because I can see you in your camera and your son comes up before my son, but we live directly north of you. And I'm trying to figure out why you have son before I have son. It was dark here. And I'm like, look at that. The sun's coming up. Like, that's just not fair. Is that just Palm Springs? Is that how Palm Springs works? Or it's the desert, baby. I got the sunshine wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Matt. Sorry, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt your... Uh, no worries. The sun's been up here for uh, for several hours, but that's just because I'm over on the East Coast. You'll have it a lot longer than I have. Well, you'll have it later in the day, I guess, technically. Well, I appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, if you're looking for more information about Ninja Selling and, and where can you get this system installed into your life and business, head over to ninjaselling.com. Click on the calendar. You can find available public installations there. There's a bunch of them. So you got to go search through public install. You can find one to have that four-day course or simply start with purchasing the Ninja Selling book if you haven't already. Then if you're interested about coaching, you can find out about that there too. Thanks guys so much. And we'll Obviously, catch you on the next one. We'll be back. Thanks, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.